Look around at this great city of ours. What do you see? I see a multitude of amazing people. Over the next hour, Bill Wilson and Michael Lynn White will talk to some of these amazing people about topics that interest you and give you just what you need to kick off your week with a dang on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. Welcome into the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. Chip Walters here in for Michael Lynn White and Mr. Murfreesboro himself. Uh, he, he wrote uh, the intro for him, and I'm supposed to read that. It's just all the all the good stuff about <laughs> right, Bill Wilson. But, uh, you know, it had been about a year, year and a half since uh, I'd been up here with you now two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. So how about that? That's great. Well, I want to thank you for taking your time to come up here during this weather. And uh, I know there's... Basque, there's other things going on besides the Mr. Murfreesboro show, and you took your time to come up here, and I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that, and also uh, our, our guest tonight is Nick McDevitt, the uh, Blue Raider basketball coach. And uh, tonight, in in uh, in honor of the weather, I, I wore my my Middle Tennessee hockey sweater tonight, so uh, I thought that would be perfect for the weather tonight. But <laughs> uh, uh, real quick, I want to run through uh, some closings for tomorrow. Uh, the MLK march from Central Magnet School to Patterson Park Community Center canceled due to weather. The MTSU MLK event canceled due to weather. They'll have a virtual event on social media using recordings from last year. The MLK event at Discovery Center at Murphy Spring postponed to another date due to inclement weather. Rutherford County Historical Meeting scheduled for Carriage Lane Reception House tomorrow canceled due to weather. All branches of Rutherford County Library System will be closed tomorrow in observance of Martin Luther King Day. Schools are already closed because of MLK Day. Post office and government offices closed in observance of MLK Day. And uh, this one hit home here. No garbage pickup tomorrow because Monday is my day. Monday's my garbage day. It'll be Tuesday now. Tuesday. And Tuesday moves to Wednesday. And you had uh, one of uh, friends of the show and friends of the community, Madeline Scales. You've got some information on her. Yeah, I just got the phone with Meredith and I just talked to Madeline. Scales Harris, the Vice Mayor Murfreesboro, we need to keep her in our thoughts and prayers as she's going to Vanderbilt in the morning uh, to have some sort of procedures. Uh, I think it's some sort of blood transfusions and stuff, but let's keep her and her family and the doctors in our thoughts and prayers. And if anybody has a contact with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, message me later. <laughs> Okay. I was. Yeah. I'm saying that. Yeah, for, for absolutely. Madeline. Yeah, a- absolutely. But uh, we certainly want to wish her the best. All right, uh, out uh, in his humble abode today is Coach Nick McDevitt uh, in the, his fourth year with uh, with the Blue Raiders. And one of the things that is not canceled tomorrow night, we'll talk about right off the or we'll mention right off the bat is his radio show tomorrow night. And we do that at the Boulevard. Coach Ensel has his at six o'clock. Coach McDevitt at seven. But Coach, uh, thanks for. Uh, for taking a little time with us here on this Sunday night. Absolutely. Glad to do it. All right. Well, you know, and we we are going to talk some basketball tonight a little bit and uh and, and some college athletics. I um and then but also want to talk to you about uh 
you know, you, be the family guy that you are and the balance of life that you have to go through, things like that. But first of all, uh, just to kind of uh, talk a little bit about, about basketball, you had a good weekend. Uh, Raiders won two at home this weekend. You've now won 10 in a row uh, at the Glass House dating back to last season. So, uh, you know, I think folks are kind of catching on that this team has, has got something pretty special to them right now. And, and, and you're only as good as your last out. Outing. <laughs> you're right about that you're only as good as your last outing but uh you know i, I really like this team a lot uh, dating back to the summer uh we, we kind of felt like we we had a, a good group a special group um they've they've uh worked hard over the last really six months uh we've grown together they've grown as individuals uh in their individual game but uh, they, they do a good job of playing the game the right way, and that is just playing hard and playing together. And uh, like last night against FIU, uh, you, you can only control uh, so many things, and uh, two of the biggest are your attitude and your effort. And last night uh, was a, a you know prime example of how sometimes things don't go your way on offense. You don't shoot it perfect. You don't play perfect. But uh, if you've got perfect effort, you give yourself a chance to win games, and uh, that was that was the case last night. Uh, you know, like you said, we've won ten in a row at home, and hoping to make it eleven in a row next weekend. That's awesome. I was there last night, Coach, and thanks for coming on the show. This is Bill Wilson, and uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, but I noticed y'all, we've got a tall team. It seems like uh, guards, and they're uh, long, long, fast. Uh, a, a number twelve. Uh, Leonard, he he can jump out of the gym, can he? He's from he's from he, Snyder, Texas, six seven freshman guard. He's Bill, awesome. Bill's a spotter of talent here. Hey, you know you, we we can have you travel with us. Bill. I'll be we glad to, Coach, because uh, that that's a that's a good spot. He's uh really he's a he is a talent. Uh, you know, obviously he's uh, six seven and athletic and long, but. Uh, when you play hard like he does, uh, good things tend to happen. He doesn't, uh, for a freshman, he doesn't try to do things too often outside of what his skill set says that that uh, he's able to do right now. Right. You know, you see some guys that, particularly earlier in their career, they try things that they're not good at yet because they can try those things in high school, and there's not a real penalty because usually they're the best player on the best team right. and they're going to win regardless. Right. And uh, you can't get a, you can't get by with too much of that at the collegiate level as a young player and uh, T is one of those guys that uh, not too often does he just try things in a game. He kind of tends to stay within himself. I think we'll see him in the NBA one day. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. If he uh, ends up in the NBA, then we've had a fun several years while he was with us. That's right. That'll be good news for the for the old Blue Raiders. Uh, That's is, right. is, is, talking about that, how you, he, he, you and, and T is a perfect example of a guy who was, you know, obviously probably the best player on his team, probably the best player in his district, maybe the region. Is that one of the, from a coaching standpoint, the psychological part of it to where you have a collection of 13 scholarship players who all were like that, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're coming into a situation where they're having to fight for playing time. How 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 do you how do you help them balance that and uh, and figure it out from you know I guess from a competitive level on the practice floor? 
Yeah, that's a challenge. Uh, generally speaking, uh, any freshman, uh, that, that first semester is really tough. And uh, generally, school is harder than it's ever been. Uh, obviously, that's the idea, going from high school to college. Uh, but also, basketball tends to be significantly more difficult than it's ever been. And they're both happening at the same time. And then when the games start, uh, you're not just the best player. And for most, it's the first time you've never started. And then all of a sudden, you're not getting the majority of the minutes, and you may not get the game very much at all. And so that, that first semester, that first year, is difficult for freshmen because, as you mentioned, uh, most Division One players, they're the best player on their high school team. Uh, and they've been the best player on their team growing up and one of the best players on their AAU team growing up. And then you get to college and everybody's as good as you, if not better, because they're, they've kind of been through the storm. They're, they're veterans. And so they know what it takes. And uh, that, that, you know, kind of fight, that battle that you have to have with, really with yourself uh, to, to study a little bit harder, to work a little bit harder at your game, to lift weights a little bit harder so that your body develops uh, and do all that sometimes while not playing not seeing the fruits of your labor is uh it's difficult and uh you know the 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 tough guys figure that out the tough guys make it i hear players all the time they they talk about the difference once they come and are on a college team and they talk about the speed of everything and and kind of you know, it, it really, it's not just limited to the playing floor. I mean, academics comes at you faster, uh, the social life and learning how to manage your time, all of that comes faster. And, you know, probably time management might be the, 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 the biggest lesson they can learn in their first semester here. There's no doubt about it. That's, uh, you know, a, a difficult thing because, uh, at times, it's it's not because it's all coming fast and furious, uh, although it is. It's uh, what to do with what you think is a whole lot of downtime and a whole lot of free time. Uh, your schedule looks like it's wide open. And then before you know it, uh, you know, because in high school, you're used to one class after another. You know, your, your first period and then the bell rings and you've got about five minutes. you got to get the next class and after that period, the bell rings. you got a, several minutes before the next uh, period starts. In college, you, you may be on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule where uh, all your classes are those three days, and you've got nothing on Tuesday or Thursday. You've got to fill up Tuesday and Thursday with study time, uh, you know, preparing for those classes, getting in the gym on your own, working on your game. And, and if you don't, all of a sudden, two or three weeks roll by, two or three months roll by, and uh, you, you, you're struggling with your classes and you're struggling on the court and you're, you're having a hard time getting in the games. So you're, you're dead right. Uh, being able to manage your time and manage what are what perceived to be those down hours, those free hours, uh, is extremely important. Yeah. Um, let's, let's kind of back up, go back a little bit I rem- uh, and, and to when you came here. Uh, I'm not sure anybody has gone through – getting a job in a bigger whirlwind than you went through that week. Uh, I guess it was, you know, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then things started coming out on a, on a Saturday morning. Kind of for folks who don't know, uh, kind of tell them what your life situation was at that moment and, and, uh, and how you and your dad uh, tag teamed 
driving back and forth <laughs> from Asheville, North Carolina, a couple of times. Yeah, that was a, a very hectic uh, 48 hours. Uh, you know, I, I had interviewed with uh, Chris Massaro and uh, uh, Drew Shea and Whit Turnbow and, and uh, their committee earlier in the week um, as they were kind of getting started with the interview process. And um, later in the week, uh, that same week, uh, Lauren and I had our second child. Uh, wow. <laughs> And so I was, I'd already interviewed and I'd had a, uh, we were in the hospital and, uh, Katie was about, I don't know, six or eight hours old. She was not, I guess she's a little older than that. She's about a 12 hours old, had little sleep that first night as all new parents, uh, you know, can, can relate to right. uh, a couple of, uh, a few hours of shut eye. And then I got a call from Chris Massaro saying things look great. Uh, but you need to, to be here in Murfreesboro uh, to meet Dr. McPhee. And I said, I'd be happy to. Uh, when would, when do I need to be there? And he said, well, that's the thing. You need to be here tonight. <laughs> because wow. Dr. McPhee's going out of town, and he's not going to be available for a while. So here I was uh, in, in the hospital holding Katie while my, my wife is in the hospital bed uh, recovering. Huh. And I uh, get off the phone and said, Babe, I, I got to go. go to Murfreesboro. <laughs> <laughs> and so she said, if uh, if you go, you better come back for that job. Uh, <laughs> you can't leave me here. So uh, I, I called my parents. My parents live about uh, 20 or 30 minutes away from the Asheville airport, or excuse me, the Asheville uh, hospital. And I told my dad, I said, everything's great with Lauren. The baby's great. Katie's doing well. Uh, but I need you and mom to come to the hospital. I'm going to need mom to stay with Lauren tonight. And dad, I need you to drive me to Murfreesboro. Cause, so I need to catch up on some sleep on the ride over uh, so that I'm wow. prepared and don't fall asleep during this, uh, during this process. So uh, my parents uh, pinch hit for a little bit. And uh, you know, I guess uh, as they say, the rest is history. Was one of your biggest worries in that is, am I going to go in there punch drunk and sound like a an idiot no question no doubt <laughs> what I am mean, i really, doing i was yes that that was it like i i've got to at least close my eyes for a couple hours or else i there's no telling i i, I was uh, really on about a hour or two of sleep and uh just needed to close my eyes for just a second uh so that i as you said i i mean i was in shorts and a t-shirt so i had to get home shower shave get a suit on and, and at least look presentable. And y'all drove uh, over. In, did did your, did. your father. Okay. What's the drive at five hours, maybe. Is yeah, it a five just short of that? That's yeah. right. Just short of that. Uh, you know, they offered to, to, you know, send the school plane over, but I couldn't really give them a, a decent time of when I'd be ready to go. I just told them, I promise I will be there tonight. I'll make the time. You tell me what, what time to be there. And so, uh, I, I had to get out of the hospital and, get home and and get some stuff together and get to murfreesboro as fast as i could blessing yeah. after blessing yeah uh, oh man it was wild yeah what did your dad do during that interview time on friday night oh uh during that time he stayed at the hotel okay uh, doc, uh chris massaro came and picked me up uh at the at the uh hotel wow and <laughs> took me to dr mcphee's house my dad stayed there and uh you know, I, I met with Dr. McPhee for, it was just the two of us for, I don't know, a couple of hours at, at his residence uh, here on campus. And 
just really enjoyed that time. Uh, Chris came back, picked me up, and uh, it, it was kind of official at that point. And I still hadn't told my dad. And so I, I just wanted to tell him in person, face to face. So I waited till Chris dropped me off at, a, I don't know, it's between about 11 p.m. and midnight. Uh, walked back into the to the hotel room and uh, told him, you know, I, me and Lauren are moving to Murfreesboro. Do you know Rondell Clark? Well, Rondell Clark and I were teammates. Well, we have uh, we have a text. At, yeah, we have a text here. It says, ask him about them stacking his team in the blue white all star game <laughs> that your, is not your, true. your senior that's year that's not true that's get... not true <laughs> was rondell a baller he was pretty good wasn't he he was good uh, rondell still pretty much looks the way he did when he was in high school uh, he was a big strong athletic guy uh well he said he says he says they gave you genis uh gave you genis uh, grind staff in orlando mendez and he had a bunch of average joes he had Lee Scruggs who went to Georgetown. <laughs> he was six eleven. I've got a I picture here. Listening. I'm going to post. I, I got a picture listening. of you, Coach, that I'm fixing to post of you uh, playing. I think you're a freshman here, and it looks That's like an rough. Adidas warm up, maybe uh, with a, a jogging suit. It kind of looks like. But anyway, we'll post That's it. Probably sir. if if it's been sent to you from Rondell, I would say I'm wearing a blue and white jogging suit. And, there's probably five of us there. You yep. had a guy uh, that's seven three, seven three. Yeah. Yep. Seven one, seven three, six seven, and then me and Rondell. What about uh, that? Was our five man freshman class? Do we, do we play Western Kentucky? I know they've got a guy that's seven five. What? Jamarian yep, Sharp. A week from two weeks from yesterday. Oh, okay. Yep. That's coming up. Yep. Okay. That's right. But yeah, that was a that was a fun time. Uh, <laughs> Rondell and I have known each other for a long time, and uh, he was a great player at Asheville High. We we had uh, some fun times together, both um, you know playing against each other in All Star games in, in high school, but also against each other uh, or with each, with each other, excuse me, uh, at, at UNC Asheville. Yeah, uh, good person. Well, yeah. Well, Bill and I are, are lovers of, of good stories, and one of one story about you at one week one we just heard one, but. As we back up a little bit more, when you obviously came for your interview, they showed you around Murphy Center and all, and and then your press conference was held on the floor at Murphy Center. But that was not the first time you had ever been in the Murphy Center. So tell folks uh, where that actually happened. Yeah, it was uh, my first time was actually the summer between – it was my junior and senior year of high school – uh, Bob Gibbons had a one day or excuse me, a one weekend showcase at the Murphy Center where it was a, an invite only, uh, you know, generally players uh, from the southeast that uh, come and, you know, you go through skills competitions or skills settings. And then also uh, they switch up. You're playing five on five games and they're there are talent evaluators there uh, watching you play. And then what you hope is that, you know, the information uh, that they send out about you uh, garners more collegiate attention uh, from college coaches. And, uh, you know, it, it was then that kind of uh, that weekend uh, I played, you know, fairly well against uh, some good players. And it uh, kind of sparked some more interest uh, from college coaches. But uh, that was a fun weekend. Uh, a lot of good players. Uh, actually, Mike Miller uh that went on to play at, at florida and in the nba uh was one of my teammates uh but he was not there the first day 
and uh, they were telling us the morning of the second day, our team, that, you know, there's another guy coming in. He's an underclassman, but he's pretty good. Uh, you know, so he'll be joining our team this afternoon. He came in and, you know, you immediately you look at him like this. This guy's a little different. And, <laughs> you know, he starts running around like, oh, man, this guy's a, an elite ball player. Uh, even And he's a year younger than me. Uh, so even as a, a, a high school player uh, at that age, you could tell he's, he's going to have a long career playing basketball. Do we need to take a break, Jackson? All right, we're going to do that. Uh, Nick McDevitt is our guest tonight, the Middle Tennessee men's basketball coach. It's the Mr. Murfreesboro Show here on WGNS, and we'll have more with Coach McDevitt when we return. Stick with us. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040 or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. Welcome back to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. Chip Walter sitting in for Michael Lynn White. And, uh, of course, Bill Wilson is here. Nick McDevitt is our guest tonight. And, you know, when you were going back through your high school career and, and you ended up at, at UNC Asheville to play, when did the spark in your brain tell you that you'd like to coach basketball for a living? That's a good question, Chip. Um, you know, my, my dad was my – coach uh as i grew up you know he taught me obviously how to play basketball but also baseball football and uh was uh our team's coach in really all sports as i was growing up uh my his his brother my uncle um was the basketball coach at my high school and so you know both uh you know male really mentors as i was growing up were were coaches uh, and the guys that I looked up to were coaches. And so I, I, I guess just naturally uh, listening to the conversations that they would have uh, on Sunday afternoon watching basketball games as I was growing up, and they're talking strategy and should we call timeout, should they go for it here on fourth down, you know, and then basketball season comes around, should they foul, should they not foul, should they call timeout. And, 
you know, those were the kind of conversations and, and uh, settings that I was in as I grew up. And then uh, about my junior year, it was pretty clear uh, I wasn't going to end up being six, seven or jump <laughs> out of the gym and end up being in the NBA. But I, I knew that I loved basketball and wanted to stay involved in it. And my, my, what ended up being my college coach in the recruiting process was the only person, the only coach that actually asked me, what do you want to do after, after you graduate? You know, everybody was talking about, you know, the, the majors that they offered and the role that they saw you having while you were there in college. But he was the, the only guy that uh, was asking, what do you want to do after? And I told him, I, I think I want to get into college coaching. And uh, Coach Eddie Biedenbach uh, told me uh, my, going into my senior year, that if, uh, you know, I kind of did what I was supposed to in college and stayed out of trouble and those kind of things, that he'd keep me on as a GA after I graduated. Well, as timing played out, uh, at that time, UNC Asheville had only two full-time assistant coaches. And in the spring of my senior year, both assistants took other jobs. Uh, one went into college athletic administration, and the other went into the private sector. And so my boss, uh, or excuse me, my coach at that time was going into the summer recruiting period by himself, no assistant coaches. And so he approached me and said, you know, I know we talked about you being a GA, uh, but I need you to be a full-time assistant coach right away. And so I really started working for him uh, almost immediately after graduation. And I was at Asheville for another 12 years with him. Uh, I played for him for four years and was his assistant for 12 uh, before becoming the head coach in 2013. Well, y you were a lifer uh, at UNC Asheville. You were a player, you were an assistant, you were the head coach, and it would have been really comfortable for you to have stayed there another 15, 20 years. But what made you decide that the time was right to uh, to get involved in other jobs and what eventually became here? Was that uh, – was that – something where you were kind of breaking out of your comfort level a little bit good question chip <laughs> yeah you know it was uh I, Asheville's home you know um uh, I, I went to Madison High School uh my my hometown of Marshall North Carolina is about 15 minutes away uh but my dad went to school at UNC Asheville my uncle uh my sister my cousin my first cousin was our manager when I was the head coach at UNC Asheville my mom and dad went on dates going to UNC Asheville <laughs> basketball games. Uh, my grandfather put the plumbing in the original dorms on UNC Asheville's campus. Wow. So when I say UNC and UNC Asheville is home for me, it, it, it is home. And so, uh, but from a, a personal standpoint, obviously that, that move, that change was difficult because uh, all of my college friends and my high school friends, my family on both sides, are from the area, uh, but from a professional standpoint, uh, you know the the lure of coming to a place like Middle Tennessee and the opportunity that it presents, uh, the backing uh, that this university has from the local community, uh, the the uh, really the ceiling is so high. You know you, the opportunities here uh, to really take this program. I mean, it, and it's you, you see what. Uh, Kermit uh, Davis and his staff and some of the great successes that they had over the last several years that they were here, um, you just want to, you know, challenge yourself and, and try to uh, 
be the best at, at what you do. And I, I think that middle provides that opportunity. And, um, you know, my wife and I talked about this before uh, the opportunity here at middle came. And that was if we ever leave Asheville, it's going to have to be something great. Because as you said, we were comfortable. It was home. Asheville's a terrific place to raise a family. Um, you know, everything that you would want from a pro professional and a personal standpoint was there. Uh, so we weren't going to leave unless it was something that you just couldn't pass up. And we felt like we found that here at Middle, and uh, we did. You know, the community's terrific. Uh, we've made some great friends uh, in the short uh, three or four years that we've been here. Um, it's just a uh, – it was a place there was no reason to run from UNC Asheville. It was that we were running to Middle Tennessee. Well, Middle came on your radar, and ironically, you came on Middle's radar – you're in Asheville, North Carolina. Middle's here in Murfreesboro. But you were in Anchorage, Alaska, where you came on <laughs> on, on Middle's radar wow. by your team playing the Blue Raiders in the Great Alaska Shootout. Yeah. That's, when was uh, that? What year know. was that? Yeah, what year was that? 2015. 15? Yeah. 2015. It was the year, uh, a few months later, uh, we were fortunate at Asheville. We won our league. Obviously, Middle did as well in the same year. That was the year Middle Tennessee uh, beat michigan state right, in the ncaa right. tournament but we played each other in the great alaskan shootout uh, a team from murfreesboro tennessee and Asheville, north carolina had to go <laughs> to anchorage alaska to play that's wild uh, but we we uh that, the middle tennessee won that tournament went three and oh in three days we went two and one at Asheville in three days and our long loss uh was to middle and we lost by two it was 63 61 uh a hard fought close game uh, and Middle had had some successes um, the, the previous years and obviously had, had beaten some power five schools and some really good teams. And, I, I, you know, obviously after I got the job here, I was told this story a little bit that uh, Coach Davis was uh, really excited about the win after the game, after they beat us up in Alaska. And uh, several people were saying to him, like, you know, I, I, I get it, but <laughs> – We've beaten some awfully big schools and some good teams. Uh, you know, why, why the kind of the overexcitement? And he said, no, you don't understand. Those guys are really good. You know, that that's a, a very good team and well coached, da, 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 and said some really nice things about our team. And it just kind of struck a chord uh, with some of the administration here at Middle. And several said from that moment on, we kind of followed your career from a distance and watched your teams, kind of how you, uh, your team handled its business, your successes, but also how you went about it. And uh, you, you didn't know it, but you were on our radar two years before you got the job uh, as the opposing team's coach. All right, we're going to play a little bit of uh, This Is Your Life here and go to the phone lines. And uh, would our callers say hello to, uh, to Coach McDevitt? Oh, we have a lot to talk about, Coach. This is Rondell Clark. <laughs> Thanks, <you>. Rondell. <laughs> How you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm good. I just, I, I just want everybody in the in the Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee area to know that I'm super proud of this guy um, from where he came from. Uh, he is a steward of the game. I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan since. Uh, since high school days, um, yeah, all the way through 
our UNCA days to even after I left UNCA and came back and, you know, had the game high points against them when we played them. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> he's not he's not lying. <laughs> Rondale. That might have been a little personal. That might have been a little personal. But um no, I, I'm super proud of this guy. When I heard that he joined the coaching staff, I was I was I was ecstatic. Um uh at UNC Asheville and then when I heard he was coming here, um there was no doubt that I was gonna be there at his uh media day to uh, show him support as a, as a hometown guy. Yeah, and uh, we were there were a lot of us there that day, and uh, that was that I, I put that down as the day that I that I met him. Didn't meet Lauren yet because she was a little busy at the time, but but uh, <laughs> but uh, we became uh, close friends uh, on that day, and I learned the same things you did, Rondell. I learned about him. That's awesome. Yeah, he he. Uh, I. Yeah, it, it, was, it was amazing because he saw my face. I saw his face, and it was kind of this huge hug and embrace, kind of like. And I told him, I just need, I felt like you were going to need to see a familiar face. There's a lot of hands you're going to be shaking, a lot of new faces you're going to yeah. be. Um, so I just wanted to come in and and be a little shining light for him. Did they give you some peace, Nick, when you saw him. Uh, honestly, it. it what uh, I guess his desired outcome was exactly as he wanted because, you know, you're, you're new to town and you really don't know anybody uh, yet. Uh, I, I'd meet, had met several of the, uh, obviously the administration, uh, but didn't know uh, anybody in town. My wife wasn't here. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of in a handshake line and meeting, you know, person after person. Then all of a sudden you look up and the next person you're about to, shake their hand as your former uh teammate uh it it was kind of uh uh gave me a couple minutes just to kind of catch my breath and share old stories for a minute before uh you're meeting more new faces so uh (laughs) it it was it was meant a lot to me because you know often when you you whether it's graduating from high school or graduate from college you can think back and some of your closest friends in high school you may go a decade uh, and not see them you know, years go by and you're not seeing them face to face. You might talk to them a little bit on the phone or through Facebook and things like that. But actually getting a chance to uh, hug them and ha- shake their hand doesn't often happen. And uh, such was the case between me and Rondell. We'd stayed in touch, but uh, I hadn't seen him for a while. And for, for him to take the time on a, a really special day for me and my family to come over and be a part of it meant a lot to me and, and to us. Rondell, appreciate you calling. Thanks call, for man. calling in, Rondell. Hey, and Nick, I, I do appreciate your um, your willingness to allow me to work with a lot of your guys and your support with that. I've had several of your guys training uh, with us, uh, Donovan and, and the crew coming over to mm-hmm. do some uh, speed and agility, trying to keep those guys in shape in the off season for you. And I appreciate you trusting me with those guys and they speak highly of you i speak highly of you and uh we look forward to big things here at mtsu always appreciate you man thank you rondell right. thanks rondell appreciate you very thanks, much uh, you, you nick you talked about your uncle uh was that the uncle that was here this weekend yes that is okay. correct he was he was uh the the basketball coach the girls basketball coach at my high school uh won a state championship i think in 1991 uh, you know, if you go back to my high school, his name's on the floor. 
Wow. Uh, nice. Won, won a lot. Yeah. Won a lot of championships and, uh, had some really, really good teams. They were, he was a very disciplined, uh, basketball coach. Um, and, um, you know, they were, they were really fun to watch his practices. Uh, my cousins and I kind of grew up in the gym, uh, watching, watching him do it, but also, uh, you know, even before that, um, you know, thinking back to how my dad ran our practices, even when I was in elementary school and middle school, um, you know, just tried to, uh, take as many tips from them as I could, as I was growing up and still use several of them, uh, still to this day. One of the, one of the real gems of, of you being here as the head coach is, uh, getting to know your mom and dad. And uh, because and and you talked about your dad, how you asked him to drive you here. Tell folks kind of what because he had a very interesting professional career in state government in North Carolina. And he told me when we were in Cancun, we were sitting around talking one day that he never missed one of your games. He wow. he would drive from Raleigh to back to Asheville, wherever you guys were playing, and then get back in time for a meeting with the governor at 7 the next morning. That's a fact. That's a true story. Um, going into my – he, he um, was – you know, he, he's had a, a really uh, unbelievable professional career and the opportunities that he's – uh, per, was presented with personally, but also the, the things that it opened doors for myself and our family, uh, having, you know, obviously met several different governors and, and presidents and, um, uh, you know, some of the different roles that he had within local and state and, uh, federal government. Um, and, and that put him in Raleigh, um, uh, during my high school years, uh, he made that move, that decision. Uh, to go uh, take a, a job in Raleigh as I was entering my freshman year of high school. And uh, he he commuted. And that, for those that don't know, that's about a four-hour drive wow. uh, from uh, Marshall, North Carolina, to Raleigh, North Carolina. And he would leave work on Tuesday afternoon. And uh, for those Tuesday-Friday games, leave work on a Tuesday afternoon, come watch my game. Uh, and then when the game was over, turn around and go back and, you know, watching a high school game from, you know, seven to eight thirty, nine o'clock at night and gets back at one o'clock in the morning and he's running a, a meeting at 7 a.m. the next day. And for those times where we were involved in tournaments, he would do that three or four straight days in a row. You know, he would come for the Wednesday game and go back and turn around and come back on Thursday and go back to Raleigh and come back Friday afternoon to watch the, the championship game. So, uh, in four years of playing varsity high school basketball, uh, my dad never missed a game. Wow, that's awesome. Do you do you and Coach Ensel hang out a lot? <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh, he froze. Oh, he froze up there. Hey, Coach, can you hear me? I did not hear it. I oh, said, I do, do you and Coach Ensel, do y'all like pick each other's brains? Do y'all hang out? I know he's done some recruiting, seems like. Across the Russia, Belarus, and uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just wondering. He's he, he's having to learn several different languages, languages. all at once, and uh, he he he's uh, told me several times. He said, "I'm sure some of those uh, girls are wondering 
whether my uh, Shovelville accent is a, a foreign <laughs> language itself. Uh, but, you know, it, I, I enjoy sitting and, uh, you know, listening to some of the stories that he has to share, but also sitting and watching his practices. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can always pick up something that you can use within your own program or, or within your own practices uh, from other great coaches and, uh, you know, I think anybody would be a fool not to, to try to pick up something from him. He's in, I don't know, seven or eight Hall of Fames. He's, he's right. won national championships at high school and won, won multiple championships. Uh, it seems like the, the, he, it's, it's more frequent that uh, he's winning them than not uh, here at middle. And uh, he's just done an unbelievable job at, at every level for a long time. So, um, you know, I've, I've been able to pick up several things from him. One person who uh, I, you probably met your first day here, and, and I, we haven't had a, really a chance to talk about it at length, but uh, uh, the impact that, that Dean Hayes made on you because your offices are kind of right across the hall from each other. Right. Yeah, you know, that was, uh, you know, it was tough losing Coach Hayes. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he just, he's one of those guys that you, you know, in a short time, you feel like you've known him forever. Yeah. And uh, he was really easy to talk to. He had so many incredible stories. He's made such an impact on uh, people, uh, the sport of track and field, uh, this region. Uh, you know, you, you see somebody like Carl Lewis, uh, mm -hmm. you know, commenting about, uh, Coach Hayes passing, I mean, he, he, his his impact is just was far and wide, but uh, it also went up and down that hallway at the Murphy Center. Uh, he he just was an incredible man, and uh, I know the last uh, several years is, it was a struggle, uh, but you know he was a, a tough tough man, uh, a tough human being, and uh, I'm gonna miss him. And uh, all of us will. His the yeah. the family. Uh, uh, funeral was uh, for him was this week, and uh, as we were talked about here last week, uh, Aaron, his daughter, came on and said that they're planning something in May or June, something that will coincide just past the NCAA Outdoor Championships, where so many of his contemporaries and peers from across the country and around the world can be here for that. So Nick McDevitt is our guest tonight on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. You can drop us a phone call tonight if you'd like to. We have him for about, oh, what not, not, not a whole lot longer, about 15 more minutes. We're going to take a break right now. Give us a call, 615-893-1450. More on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show right after this. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for parts real estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040 or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. 
curb them, crack them, or bend them, we can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyronda.com. Welcome back into the Mr. Murfreesboro show on this uh, cold. It's it's more cold than it was during any of those other two snowstorms we had. But uh, Nick McDevitt, the men's basketball coach at Middle Tennessee, with us tonight. And uh, your kids are now old enough. You talked about Katie being born literally the day you got the job here or a day before. And Cooper was, what, four or five when, uh, when you got the job here? They're now getting old enough to where they can enjoy – snow and and things like that and uh and and we were last week on his on his radio show or two weeks ago we were talking about uh sleds so what kind of sleds uh have uh have you 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 were you said your favorite was the inner tube so what what do what do the kids have uh to to roll around through your neighborhood uh their clothes (laughs) a garbage can top roll around in it uh yeah, when when I was growing up there, one of my uh, friends that uh, went to our church had this huge big yard that was straight downhill, uh, and and when it snowed, a lot of the the kids from the church would go over to his house, and because they knew it was it was a long, great, fast ride to the bottom of the hill, and it was just a a black inner tube, and we'd lay down on that thing and just scoot to the bottom. And, uh, you know, obviously there, where, where we live, uh, here at Murphy's brothers, there's not a, a big hill anywhere close. So they just get out in the backyard, make snowmen and have snowball fights and snow angels and have a good time out there. Yeah, you know, might when they get a little bit older, you need to take them over there to Tiger Hill, Tiger Hill, or ProMaker Hill out Las Casas well, Pike. Yes, yeah, Spain. Well, Tiger Hill's right behind the Walmart off two thirty one, yeah. going towards yeah, Shabbaville. Uh, what uh, Doc Crease named uh, the hill out off of uh, Span Hill. Oh, yeah, he, called, he named it ProMaker Hill because he'd take football players out there and make okay. them run it and <laughs> make pros it, out of yeah, make make pros out of. Them. He called it ProMaker Hill. Talk a little bit about the the we we mentioned Coach Ensel was recruiting uh, has recruited more uh, internationally here recently, but it wasn't necessarily that those kids were they had to go to Europe to find them. They were a lot of some of them were playing here. here. But talk about the balance of 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 how you go about your recruiting philosophy and you know in does it start here and work its way out or do you just kind of go where the players are that fit what you want a little bit of both i mean it, it obviously you've got to find somebody who fits what you do uh, you can't try to you know take a square peg and cram it into a round hole 
And so, you know, you've, you've got to have a, you know, a, a playing philosophy, playing style and identity, and you've got to go find players that you feel like that, that fit that need and that mold. And uh, with all things being equal, you'd obviously like to uh, make that be people that are in your own backyard, people that are, are close to university. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's good for the community. It's good for the, the prospect or the player himself to be able to get to and from home and uh, bring fans uh, from their, their hometown to the games and uh, kind of uh, create a fan base uh, where, where that young man is from. Uh, but at the same time, you, you can't, uh, you know, overlook somebody that may be from further away uh, that, that you feel like is going to be the better prospect, either short-term or long-term. And so, you know, we've just tried to, to identify guys that uh, we feel like uh, can help us win this league and uh, build our team from there. So we'll switch gears a little bit, but uh, staying in the in the uh, the college ath- athletic world, uh, right now we're in a at a at a point after 2021 where everybody's kind of taking a breath uh, with all the realignment. Uh, we've got uh, name, image, and likeness. We have the transfer portal. Hmm. Uh, if if we crown Nick McDevitt czar of <laughs> athletics for a day. Uh, what do you think – well, kind of give us your thoughts on, on how we got where we are right now in those three major areas, conference realignment. Well, that, that, we'll hold that for just a second because that's a different animal. But with NIL and, uh, and, and transfer portal, how did we get where we are? And what are your thoughts on does it need to be reeled in a little bit? Or, you know, how, what, what, where do you, where's your take on that? Um, you know, I, I think first of all, the, the, one of the biggest challenges is that I think any one of those areas is, um, a big change and it's not traditional. Uh, it's not what, it's not the norm. It's not what we we've been used to for a long time. And right now they're all happening at the same time. And I think that's what's, uh, uncomfortable you're, you're kind of in uncharted waters uh in a lot of areas you're, you're the the transfer portal isn't anything new kids transferring in it isn't anything new but being able to transfer that first time and be eligible to play immediately is and uh you know used to when you transferred you had to go talk to the your college coach and tell them your intentions uh that is no longer the case uh you're able to communicate directly to your compliance office and you don't necessarily have to talk to your coach to be put in the portal and, and go on to the next school. And you're able to play right away that next season. Once you get to your new school, uh, athletes are able to be uh, compensated now um, uh, over and above a, a full scholarship and their cost of attendance. And now you look at, uh, you know, like you said, conference realignment and, you know, some people it's, it, you're trying to figure out what conference is this team in? And then you look at, the team and you're trying to figure out who's on the team because it's so different from the year before you know used to everybody knew the teams in every league and uh it was foreign that anybody really left real early oh it was a, uh, it was a big story if they did yeah it was huge that's right big story uh somebody transferring oh my goodness what why are they leaving that school uh they're, they're trying to go to the nba before they graduate 
uh, th those were mega stories. And now it's, it, it is the norm. But when we grew up, I mean, uh, th these young men that you got to keep in mind, uh, there's, there's nothing um, unusual about playing for a different team next year uh, at any level. Obviously, when I grew up, Michael Jordan's going to play for the Chicago Bulls year in, year out. Uh, Larry Bird was going to always be with the Celtics, Magic Johnson with the Lakers, and Isaiah Thomas with the Pistons, and there was no changing about that. Carl Malone and John Stockton were with the Utah Jazz. Now the pros, uh, the, the best players change teams a lot. You think about LeBron and uh, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and uh, I, I could go on and on. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, these young men are watching the best players in the world change teams often. Uh, the be, you know, watching college players transfer from team to team, and it, it happens regularly. Uh, they play for multiple AAU teams and uh, sometimes even their own high school teams uh, when they're 14 to 17 years old. So uh, the, the movement uh, for them when they get to be 18, 19, 20 years old in college uh, is is nothing new. Uh, they they've seen their idols do it, and they themselves have done it for years before they get to the collegiate level. Well, there's there's moving in, there's moving out, there's moving up, there's moving down, and mm -hmm. you know from our conversations, it seems like you feel that that Middle Tennessee and in particular and Conference USA, Sun Belt, those kind of leagues are in a good position to kind of better themselves from the Power Five leagues and also from those that might be lower division ones with guys who have really come along. And, and really nobody knows about this more than you with what you uh, uh, dealt with at, at, uh, at UNC Asheville with the players that you had that started there that ended up uh, on at LSU, Marquette, uh, Baylor. All over yeah. the place. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had uh... – I guess six players that transferred out of UNC Asheville went on to a power, uh, power six school, uh, power five school. Um, Macy OT won a national championship with Baylor. Uh, Andrew Rousey went to Marquette. Dylan Smith went to Arizona. Dwayne Sutton uh, went to Louisville. John Bear went to Clemson. Uh, Keith Hormsby went to LSU. Uh, so we, we had a, a lot of good players at Asheville that, uh, you know, left there and went on to have good careers uh, at a higher level. And here at Middle Tennessee, I think we're, we're kind of at that spot to where uh, for those young men that are looking to, to still have success and enjoy playing time and win championships, just doing it on a higher stage, Middle Tennessee offers that uh, as compared to some what you would classify as lower level Division One schools. But also it's, it's at a high, high uh, enough level, if you will, to where perhaps – some uh, some young men that are playing uh, currently at Power Five schools, whether it be in the ACC or the SEC or the Big East, that uh, are looking for a, a bigger role. Uh, they're just looking for more minutes. Uh, Middle Tennessee is not what anybody would perceive as such a step down that you're going to a place that nobody, even if you do play well, nobody's going to hear about you or appreciate your successes. And Middle Tennessee uh, has enjoyed that uh from nick king uh jacory williams um you know laron dindy some guys that have come in and, and their year here uh really made a, a a stamp on their own career but also uh elevated uh the middle tennessee basketball program while they were here 
Well, I'll tell you, the hour goes by fast. Bill, do you have one more thing? Your best, bring your best right well, here. Well, I was to wrap it up. In your prior, you took your teams of Asheville to the NIT tournament, the NCAA tournament, and there was one other tournament, the CIT or the what CIT. is what is that? What is the CIT? That's my best. Invitational <laughs> tournament. Uh, we were in that, uh, I guess it was maybe 2017. Yeah. I know Middle Tennessee played in that tournament in both twice, 2010 right? and 2015. Yeah. Uh, it, it's basically the teams that uh, – the, the best teams are going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, after that, you've got a field of uh, 32 that, that go to the NIT, and then the CIT field will, will select uh, teams – uh, that have not been invited to either of those two tournaments for theirs. Nick, appreciate you Thanks, uh, Coach. spending some time tonight and uh, want to invite folks to come out tomorrow night to the Boulevard and uh, for your radio show, Coach Ensel at 6, you at 7. But uh, tell Lauren and the kids, uh, you know, enjoy tomorrow because I think that it's going to be nice and slick and icy out there, so they'll have fun <laughs> outside. I'm sure they'll be outside. I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate All right. it. Thanks, Coach. All right, Coach Nick McDevitt joining us tonight. And uh, when's, our, when's their next game? When's our next, next game? Next home game is next Saturday, Southern Miss. They don't play a midweek game this week. So they're at home next Saturday at 5 o'clock against uh, Southern Mississippi and a chance to win their 11th in a row at home. 11th in a row. Yep. Wow. Hey, the, the interesting – I mean, we're both old. Bill, you know that. You're just a so, little older than me. Just yeah, three or four years something old. like that. Yeah, 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 that's right. And <laughs> but uh the, the you know, last night's game was a, a real defensive grinder. Right. Only, only eighty nine points total. It was scored. twenty something at halftime. Twenty yeah, something. Yeah. yeah it was only eighty nine total points were scored. The the lowest scoring game prior to that was in nineteen eighty five, a month after I graduated from college. Thirty-seven years ago. That's when uh, Middle Beat, Mike Buck, or somebody, Rick Campbell, that whole crew. But but anyway, thank you for coming up. Yeah, good deal. Are we done? We're done. All right, everybody, be safe. Be safe. Be safe. And uh, Bill will be back with Michael Lynn. Everything will will pick up next week when uh, she returns. So, thanks everybody. Come on out. See you. Be be careful.